It's time for JT the Brick, live at Super Bowl 57. Touchdown, Kansas City! Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes! Two teams that I don't like, one that I grew up hating in Philadelphia, and the arch nemesis of the Raider Nation are playing each other in the Super Bowl. So I did not win the lottery on that. No one picked us to win. But I'm pretty pissed off. You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! I believe that Kansas City won the game with the help of the officials. Sound off with JT the Brick. We got to do some Super Bowl talk here. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship. This is the worst case scenario. If you were told me in my life who are the two teams I don't want to see in the Super Bowl, it would be Philadelphia, the team of my youth that I hated, and it would be Kansas City. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. Philadelphia, I need them to beat Kansas City. Raider Nation all day. I can't ever go for the Queens ever, ever, ever. So I'm a Philly fan from this point until the Super Bowl is over. But I know the job isn't done. Let's do our job on the radio to root against Kansas City. The Super Bowl is set, and I got a lot to get to. And now, live from Radio Row, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we begin from Radio Row, site of downtown's Phoenix Convention Center, Super Bowl 57, and another big day for us. Wow. We had a monster day today. We're excited to tell you that in advance. A lot of interviews that we did about an hour ago, and we'll bring them to you here, as we always do. And hopefully hear from you. Harry Ruiz is in for me tomorrow, and I got a monster lined up today. So let's hear from you. Looking forward to talking to you. Want your prediction today on the Super Bowl. It's a formula that will not be broken. We're not trying to do anything crazy and different. If you've listened to this show over the years, we like to talk sports. We like to talk football. We like to interview big names and have callers and listeners chime in and give us their opinion on what's happening. That's what we're doing here on Steroids from Radio Row. It is gorgeous. The weather's great. Uh, Coming up today, Tim Brown is going to join us momentarily. The Oakland Raider wide receiver, Tim Brown. I've been with Timmy for 20 Radio Rows, so I'm really looking forward to this. Also, Brian Erlacher. Hall of Famer. He's with Gridiron Greats. I see their event every year in Chicago. He's going to give us a few minutes. Also, Brian Baldinger. You'll be able to see that interview on Raiders.com on our podcast that I did earlier today. Baldy is an enthusiastic analyst when it comes to the Raiders. He's a lot of strong opinions on the silver and black. Emmanuel Sanders. Good story for him. Former Bronco wide receiver who now works at NFL Network. And he told me a story about the Oakland Coliseum, that Raider Nation you have to listen to. I asked him what it was like pulling up in the bus in Oakland for Oakland Raider games, and he had one of the bizarre and more unique answers I've ever heard. We'll get to that sometime in hour number two. Mike Golick, who's going to be the sideline reporter on Westwood One for the Super Bowl. So he's going to be on the radio call. He had a great career with the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll be on the field. He's going to join us and maybe Trey Wingo from Caesars Sports app. Uh, Trey's doing that now after all of his years on SportsCenter. He's going to jump in. And then one of the biggest interviews you could have here on Radio Row, if you could pull it off, and I think we have it at 1.30, Shannon Sharp, who's one of the most recognizable voices in all of sports shannon sharp at the bottom of the hour here so i'm kind of waiting and moving stuff around until we get the confirmation that shannon is going to come 702-365-9200 as always i'm going to thank our proud partners who put us here got us on the radio really important that we begin with pts they fuel the monologue there's 64 plus locations here 
in the Valley make them my proud partner as long as anyone on Raider Nation Radio. They have a lot of big events coinciding with the Super Bowl, especially over at the Strat, Arizona Charlies, wherever you want to watch the game at PTs, they would love to have you. Half price drinks, happy hour 5 to 7 during the Super Bowl. It's a great place if you want to connect with friends and you don't have a spot to go to a party. Go to PTs as they open up the show. Let's begin with Tim Brown. One of the greatest Raiders of all time, kind enough to come here and talk about the Heisman Trophy, what he's doing with the new documentary that will be debuting later on this week. JT, back with you on Radio Row. The Hall of Famer Tim Brown joins us. Good to see you, Timmy. Hey, good to see you, baby. A bunch of Radio Rows for you. This is my 25th. <laughs> oh, and you've, God, been, you've been there with me I for can't. most of it. I think I've come to every one yeah. since 88. Tell me about Heisman to the Hall. This looks yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know, uh, when I was getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame, uh, I had a buddy to come up to me. Literally, I'm about to get on the bus and go do my speech to tell me that, that I know I was only the ninth guy to win the Heisman and be in the Hall of Fame. You know, that was before Woodson went in. And I was like, dude, I mean, there must have been 50 guys to do that. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And literally on the bus ride over to my enshrinement speech, I'm Googling up how many Heisman winners are in the Hall of Fame. And it, at that time, they hadn't added me, so there was only eight guys. So I was, I was really shocked, blown away by that. But the immediate thought was, what an incredible legacy yeah. that, that is to leave on the football field. Can we leave that kind of legacy off the football field, you know? And can we get together, form a foundation, which we have, HJH Foundation? Can we partner with, you know, NFL Films, can, which we have, uh, Hall of Fame Village, which we have, Prudential, who have come in, who's come in and, and done an incredible job for us? Can we partner with these people and, and, and really build something that is lasting off the football field as long as our legacy on the football field? So that, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Tell right me now. about just two or three of the guys in this great fraternity and the bonds you have from them, either looking up to them before you got to Notre yeah. Dame or learning something about them since you've been a part of this? Well, you know, I have sort of a personal relationship with almost all the guys, you know, besides Doak Walker, um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's been it's been really, really incredible. Of course, I play with Marcus, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I hate to admit that a USC <laughs> guy taught me anything, but, you know, right. he certainly taught me how to be a real leader in the NFL, the way he handled the situation he had with with the Raiders uh, for those three or four or five years we were together. Of course, I, I got the first five years of Charles Woodson's, you know, career. Yeah. You know, and um, so I think that relationship, you know, was, was cemented a long time ago. I grew up a Cowboy fan, so Tony Dorsett and Roger Staubach were my guys. Your guys. You know, everybody loves the Tyler Rose, Errol Campbell. The king. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, and, um, you know, I think when you look at um, – you know, Paul Horning, of course, he's a Notre Dame guy who I've been knowing since 84, 85. He was around all the time. All the time, then, right? All Amazing. the time, you know. So, uh, but like I said, Doak is probably the only one I didn't have a personal relationship with. Tim Brown joins us. So, Timmy, a couple of things on the Raiders. It's getting real. It's getting complicated with the quarterback really situation, is. and really you is. are, you are generally always respectful. You know yep. what? You know your voice carries a lot yep. in the Raider Nation. I thought Tom Brady would have been a nice fit just because of the relationship with Josh McDaniels. Sure. Then you hear Aaron Rodgers at thirty-nine, and he's going to disappear for four days and go on a darkness retreat. But you know he's got two recent MVPs sure. and probably a little bit left. Yeah. Is that the type of fit you want to see, or do you want to develop a quarterback again? No, I, I, I don't think that Devontae came there to to be with a developing quarterback. I think, and, I, and of course, it's what I think. It's not what I know. But I, I think there could be an issue, you know. Um, 
with him if, you know, at this stage of his career, mm-hmm. he's having to deal with, right. you know, a developing quarterback. So, um, so I think they're going to try and avoid that as much as they possibly can. And if they can't find somebody or get the guy they want, then maybe, you know, it, it's a situation they have to deal with. But, um, um, I, I think it's probably, I've been seeing some stuff online with Devontae and, and, and Aaron. So I don't know how many draft picks uh, the Raiders have. They gave them all up already. So, uh, But look, man, it, it's a very uh, pretentious situation right now, I believe, that I think that you know everybody has to be very very careful about the next moves they make yeah, it's important because it's it could be a it could be a legacy move and the know? defense has got to be rebuilt too yeah. you got max crosby and they're trying to fill holes here when you see max play and you know his young career with the raiders what jumps out of you look man you know the energy that he puts out you know i, I usually say something to him after every game win lose wow. i'll say something to him on twitter or whatever just uh, dm him and say good job great you know not anything in depth but just you know encouraging him to keep doing what he's doing um you know you would you would just hope man that 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 energy would spread well you know guys would be like man i may not have that talent but i can give that energy i can give that effort man because he is a he is a top-notch effort player and that's that's all you ask for man you know were you pleasantly surprised what you saw with Josh Jacobs? Because going into that Hall of Fame game in the preseason, and I've talked to you since, no one ex- – I kind of agree with the Raiders not giving him the fifth-year option before the season. Sure. I thought he had to prove a little bit more. Then he blew everyone's expectations out. What do you think? Well, I, I was – you know, I look, I, I get what happened in, in, in training camp. Yeah. You know, but look, I don't know if they needed to do that. They probably thought they were doing something, but if Josh Jacobs was worth his weight – and gold like everybody thought, then knowing that it's your contract year, uh, possibly your contract year, if that's not enough to get you going, I don't know of anybody that, you know, who's a great player that in their contract year, they didn't have a great year, you know, because you know, (laughs) if you don't, JT, it's over. You're setting me up good because I got to ask you about Mr. Davis and how many contract years did you have with him? I don't remember the length, but I remember how long you were there. What was it like with Mr. Davis going into a contract year or talking about? Was it with your agent, you? How did that? What was that like? I I stayed out of it. Marvin Dimov pretty much handled all that. But, um, you know, it got to the point towards probably the last seven, eight years, they would come to me almost every year to – to clear money to help with somebody right. else. And, and for that, I would get a guarantee two years down the road instead of one year down the road. Did you so, like that? Yeah, I mean, for yeah. me, it, you know, it, it it solidified that no matter what happens, I'm going to get paid two right. years from now. Right. You know what I mean? So if I go play with another team or not. So I think from that standpoint, it was something that I was always comfortable with. You know, of course, you know, I think back now, I should have got more cash. I should have pushed it <laughs> a, a little, little bit, bit more, but, right? But it, it's all good. Hey, last one. I want to wrap it up with your family because we've known each other a long time. Tell us about your kids, your wife, your faith, everything yeah. you're doing and what's going on with your personal life. Uh, look, man, life, uh, you know, from that standpoint, couldn't be much better. You know, my kids are great. All four of them are in yeah. town. Uh, all day. Yeah. Good. You know, for the uh, for the premiere. The premiere of the documentation is going to be Friday, uh, awesome. Saturday night at uh, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Um, so we, uh, we're we very happy about that. So they're all, I haven't seen, a lot of people have seen the documentary already. I wanted to wait and, and see it with my family. And, nice. Um, so, uh, but yeah, all the kids are here. Wife is here, and she's just as beautiful and as the ever, best. and uh, and uh, doing a great job, no doubt about it. Thanks, Timmy. Always Thank appreciate, you. appreciate your time. You, JT. Thank you. Thank you. 
the great Tim Brown as we continue live from Radio Row. Really enjoyed that. And how about that when it comes to the experience that he had with Mr. Davis when it came to contracts? Pretty amazing overall. And uh, Tim, Tim will uh, be back with us in the past, and we'll talk to Tim again. Uh, this documentary is going to be really good. This documentary is going to be outstanding as we get ready as he talks about the Heisman Trophy. I'll jump in on the next one. I'll, be, I'll jump in on the next one. So uh, they're taking a picture here at the Raiders and wanted me to jump in, but we're doing radio. So thanks again. We're going to get to Brian Erlacher uh, coming up here in a little bit. 702-365-9200. Uh, that was brought to you by Resorts World, and I'm so excited that Resorts World is the place for the Super Bowl at Doghouse Saloon on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game, plus there's a sports book on site to place your bets enjoy incredible food and drink specials followed by an amazing after party live entertainment doghouse saloon at resorts world las vegas our official home for monday night football the super bowl and please download the resorts world las vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in nevada they've done an unbelievable job i spent a tremendous amount of time at resorts world and doghouse saloon is absolutely fantastic so super bowl picks today yesterday my pick was eagles 28 to 24 i got the eagles beating kansas city we did a nice bid on that with q myers he gave his score also at raiders.com as we download the new podcast that's coming out here in a little bit raiders roundtable and i'm just hoping kansas city loses if kansas city loses they go to one and two in the super bowl in the mahomes andy Reid era and that's nothing that's no big deal. That's nothing to write home about. A Super Bowl's great. A lot of teams have it. If Kansas City loses another one, it would be fabulous throughout the Raider Nation. If Kansas City wins, we'll tip our cap. We'll congratulate them. And then everyone in the Raider Nation has to buckle their chin strap because they're going to come into Allegiant Stadium as reigning Super Bowl champs. And that's going to be a pain in the ass for all of us. And we're going to have to deal with it again. So put your focus on this, on how Kansas City could lose the game. And maybe that's the reason for a tweet at JT the Brick or a phone call on what could happen in this game to cost Kansas City the game where they would lose. Are we all on the same page? I hope there's no one rooting for Kansas City. Chris in West Oakland almost broke the Internet. He wasn't rooting for him. He never said that, but he expects him to win. i got to get a couple of calls today anti-Kansas City Chiefs about what will happen in the game. And for me, it's got to be Jalen Hurts not turning it over. He's fortunately not a turnover machine like Dak Prescott. He's the type of guy who's been controlling the football. But as I talked about, and you'll hear this coming up with Mike Golick, Philadelphia's had one of the easiest roads in Super Bowl history. They had a bye week, well-deserved, Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. Matter of fact, you go back in the history of the NFL and the Super Bowl era, and you please tell me about an easier road to a Super Bowl if they win. Tell me. Tell me an easier road than a bye week, a bye week, Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. We'll get into that when we come back on the other side. The monologue brought to you by PTs. Head on out to PTs today. Happy hour, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, 702-365-9200. Ron Jaworski we just added to our lineup today, which I'm excited about. We're going to have him at the top of the hour, which is fantastic. And Shannon Sharp is going to join us reportedly at the bottom of the hour. Brian Baldinger, we're going to try to get to next from NFL Network. Stick around for that.
The JT The Brick Show is live from Radio Row in Arizona. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow and the 215. It's honestly a dream come true, and we can, we can do nothing but thank the fans for embracing us like this. JT, back with you as we continue on. We are live from Phoenix, the downtown convention center, Radio Row, and we are brought to you by Modelo, the official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of the fans at the Super Bowl with the fighting spirit that I love. I reward myself with a bucket of Modelo's on every Friday. I'm doing it Thursday, and I'm doing it Friday. I love Modelo. I love this proud partnership. Steve Gomez and his entire team, what they've done to help us come out here to the Super Bowl? you got to be kidding me. You can't have a better partner on the radio than Modelo. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois, Modelo, proud partner of our show. I'm very lucky now to be working alongside Brian Erlacher. He takes over but doesn't take over, as you'll find out, for Coach Mike Ditka with Gridiron Greats. I'm their MC every year at the banquet in Chicago and in Vegas, and he joined me a few minutes ago. Brian Erlacher joins us live from Radio Row as the MC of Gridiron Greats, and now the role that you have taken over yeah. for Coach. Me and you are going to have a lot I'm of fun. I'm not taking over for Coach. Good. I'm filling in tonight. I love that. Yes. Well, there's no taking over for Coach. Last year, last year we saw Coach, and when yeah. I saw Coach, uh, it was pretty emotional for me after everything he's done yeah. for Gridiron Greats and you. Let's talk about him. I love him. Um, you know, I grew growing up not a Bears fan, but then going to Chicago and meeting him, and just like the aura that surrounds that dude. Yeah. And when, when he asked, when Coach Ditka asked you to put your name on something that's associated with him, you do it. You know, it's not even a second of thought for me. Uh, anything he's associated with is great. This is a great organization. They do great things for the ex-players, the guys. Uh, whatever they need, they try and try and help them out as much as they can. People don't talk about it enough. It's amazing to me. When I played, I didn't know what Gridiron Greats was. I don't know how long. I don't know what year they came in. You know, I don't know what year they, they formed. But it's going to be nice tonight at this party to see a lot of the current players coming. Because I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity when I played because I didn't know about it. But there's going to be a lot of current players there tonight. I think that's a big deal for the, for the organization to have these guys there. What I love about Gridiron Greats, and I've been emceeing it for about six, seven years, is that you get a Howie Long going in, yeah. and then you see a Canadian Football League legend, yes. and then you see a gentleman, good example, Phil Villapiano, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, and he gets in. He was in the year I went in. Right. And he's... The whole, his speech was amazing. Was made fun of me, which was nice. But right. I mean, he's the, what a great character. Yeah, you said it. The guy. I, I won't interrupt you. No, no, no. Yeah. What you're saying it's is exciting. There are, there man. are guys who deserve gold jackets who are not going to get one like you yes. have. And that night to them and their families means everything. Because now your association, coach, you're everyone right. involved with it. It's so I didn't fantastic. realize you're exactly. You said it perfect. I didn't realize that because I, I assume these guys are all you know. They've been at the highest level. They, yeah. they're, they're in the Hall of Fame, but. This is a big deal. You know, in the night we did it, I've been to back to a couple of them now, and just to see the uh, excitement of the guys who get inducted is pretty damn cool. Brian Erlacher joins us. Well, it'll be fun for us. We did it two years in Vegas, and then we've been back in Chicago, yeah. COVID and all that. Yeah. So I need you to be pro-Vegas and get this yeah. thing out there. I, well, Vegas is right that. the street from me. I live here, so I'm all about going to Vegas. Good. Yeah, it's 45-minute flight. And I know your here. college history. What land did you hear? Why do you love about living here? Tell me the backstory. You've been outside the last it's couple incredible. weeks? It's incredible. I live go. in Vegas. <laughs> so I know that. We, so this weather, I mean, uh, we love, I, I started coming here in the off seasons like 2007. Right. And then we bought a house, and um, I love it. You know, right. the weather's good. I love to play golf. I love to ride my bike outside, my mountain bike. Uh, my kids go to school here. I, I just love it. It's what great. Do you, what do you say when people say this time of year it's a little cold in the morning? We get that in Vegas. Yeah. Go, oh, really? I'm so from New York. 45 this morning. I'm like, yeah, I had some shorts. I was riding my bike in that weather. What's the coldest game you ever played in? Ooh, uh, probably 2005 at home versus the Falcons. Sunday night we played the 
uh, Falcons at wow. Soldier Field. It was or it was freezing. I mean, it was probably negative 15, negative 20. And we played, there was a cold game I played at Denver as well in 2003 or four. It, it was chilly. It was December. It was cold as hell. Diane asked you this question okay. as a linebacker who could stop the run and were great in coverage. I look at Kelsey. He's given the Raiders oh, fits. He's a pain I mean, in the he, butt. he's, yeah. he's Everybody given fits, knows. right? Yes. He had a game against him, four touchdowns and only 25 yards receiving. 25 yeah. yards. I know. You covered tight ends at a high level, and you were great against the run. Are you seeing now the evolution of the game where every linebacker better be ready to cover? And how yes. do you teach a linebacker to cover if they didn't learn at that level in college? So we talked about this earlier about the size of the linebackers now. Mm-hmm. They're smaller. Right. You know, when I, play, I, was, I was a big middle linebacker, 6'4", 255, and now they're 6'1", 6 feet, 220. They can all run because of the way the game's going with the, with the evolution of the passing game. So um, – I don't know how. I wish I knew how to cover Kelsey. You, I mean, they, Darren Waller's the same way. Yeah. You, who, how are you going to cover him one on one with a linebacker? You're not. You who need was, help over the top. Who was the best tight end you ever played? The against? The best tight end I played against. Oh, I played against Gonzalez. Right. Um, Probably Gonzalez. Gonzalez was great. Yeah. I mean, he's all faint. There's, there's, there's other. You know who was good that I, I think was kind of underrated was Selleck in yeah. Philly. Yeah. <laughs> he was a pain in the butt too. Wow. There's so many good tight ends. Um, uh, the kid. Uh, and Indy, uh, Dallas Clark was good. Wow. Yeah, uh, real good. Jason wow, Blaze, good. So the older older guys, you know, that I played against. I'm, I'm not that young anymore, but they're they're all good now. We spent a lot of time talking about gridiron greats. I know you're here promoting some other things. Tell us. Yeah, about you it. know, Chief Clem was there. I guess you spoke yeah. to Chief Clem. He, yep. He's with me today. What a stud! So I got a chance to meet Chief Clem at the border in uh, in September. I went down there to take a visit, and we live here, so it's right in our backyard. Yeah. And I went back again in December. I just want to meet the agents. You know, you, you hear so many things about our border patrol agents. What you hear and what you see are two different things. So we we wanted to meet them and just kind of show them that we support them because their their morale is low you know everything Were you, you shocked at the back. border when you saw it i'm sure they took you really yeah, i saw i got an in-depth share a story of maybe something Man, you just tell us seeing about. <laughs> there's so many stories like it just to hearing the, the agents talk about what they see on a daily basis was frightening i mean the, the things they're, they're dealing with mentally that they're 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 supposed to be parents for these they, like they they're not border patrol agents. They're they're taking care of these kids. They're taking care of, like they're they're putting band aids on things. It's just it's unreal what they have to go through every day, with the uh, with the open border situation we got going on down there. It's sad, and I think just to let them know that there are people that support them, but we're trying to raise awareness to, to make everyone. Not everyone thinks they're bad people. And to wrap this up, true. you have a big voice. You don't have a problem talking about. This. I have a zero lot of, problem. A lot yeah. of people at I, your level would back away and say, "I yeah, just don't yeah. want to deal with Come it. It's too me. political." I'm yeah. happy you do that. Come at me, man. I got no problem with it because I believe in it. You know, I, Good. I've uh, I never. If I don't believe in something, I'm not going to say it. But if I believe in it, I'm, I'm going to be on board with it. I'll see you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited Take about care, tonight. Bro. Thank you. you. Brian Erlacher, and I really appreciate that. We just tweeted out a picture with him at JT the Brick, and I also want to thank their entire team. He's got a really good opportunity now to have a voice, and he doesn't mind talking politics. I don't want to do a big political interview here, but he is very pro-securing the border, and he's down there a lot, and he cares about it and wanted to talk about it. I kept it mostly to football. He's so big and strong. He was such a great player. Just imagine what he was like with pads and cleats on, that much stronger in his prime. An absolute monster of a man, no doubt about that. So we appreciate Brian Erlacher. We're going to wait on Shannon Sharp, and I have so much content. I want to keep it going. I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. We're very excited to tell you about Remy Martin and what they're doing with this one-minute commercial airing during the first quarter of the Super Bowl. Be sure to look for it. It's branded the biggest deserves the finest celebration. Thinking about all the great sports moments in your life, what you experienced in your life, 
whether it be your own, your kids, your home team, or that magical moment, wherever it was, wherever it'll be, we've been talking about Remy Martin and their deeply rooted memories in our campaign here on Raider Nation Radio. Remy Martin 1738 Cognac is all about celebrating. Remember, share those moments with your family. So as I'm trying to thread the needle here, Trey Wingo, kind enough to join us here from Radio Row. He's a big part of Vegas now with the Caesar Sports app. Here he is. Trey Wingo, kind enough to join us with Caesars. I love that introduction. Thank you, I brother. Live in Vegas. Absolutely. I've lived there forever, and it really feels like you found a great platform yeah. to do what you're doing now. Tell us about this. No, thank you for that. It really is a lot of fun, and, and what makes it even more interesting for me is that a lot of people that I worked with at ESPN are now at Caesars, and that's how this all sort of came together. So, you know, myself and Kenny are there. Uh, I, the, my official title is ridiculous, Chief Trends Officer, Brand Ambassador. I just like the fact that it has Chief and Officer and Ambassador in it. Uh, you know, basically, they want me to, to help people understand why the odds are the way they are. They're Far smarter people than me that set the odds. But in the same way I did it all those years at ESPN, I'm just interpreting the, the football data and explaining why this means this and why that means that. When you were sitting on SportsCenter back in the day, and I know yeah. a lot of your former colleagues well, Rich Eisen, yeah, go down the list. Did you ever think we'd be talking about live in-gaming and yeah. the odds during a game, let alone a broadcast, and you're doing this as part of your living? It's crazy, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when the NFL shut down Tony Romo from having a fantasy football convention yes. in a Vegas hotel. Okay, and now we have a team in Vegas. We had the draft in Vegas, and next year the Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas. Look, once the law changed and you could have sports betting everywhere, the NFL is not stupid. Okay, <laughs> but, but what the NFL does better than anybody is make money, and yep. they knew there was money to be made. So Caesars is one of the official sports betting partners, and I'm happy to be with Caesars and sort of helping them uh, navigate this NFL road. One of the compliments I want to give you is, and it's not a knock on others, but it might come yeah. across this way. The young people in that business on the gaming side don't have any money. So yeah. if you're a former board op and you're on the air now or you're yeah. a young radio host and I'm driving around town in Vegas and they say, well, I'm on that game. Yeah. Well, are you on it with five bucks? All right. Thank you. Trey Ringo as Shannon Sharp's kind enough to join us. Thanks for doing this, Shannon. How are you? Oh, man, great. Thanks for having me on today. It was great seeing you at Resorts World the other night. That was a fun time. <laughs> it was. And the cognac's doing incredible, man. Tell yes, us it, about that yes, and the is. launch and what you're doing with it now. Well, we got, we got pushed back a little bit. Uh, we were supposed to open up uh, during the pandemic, but uh, well, not during the pandemic. We were supposed to open up in 2020, but the pandemic's happened and pushed us back about a year and a half. So we're probably about a year and a half behind schedule and production, but we're doing a fast forward. We're catching up very well. The cognac is doing very well. I've been hitting the road the last couple of weeks promoting it. And so that's the biggest thing when you start a new product is marketing and getting out in front of it. And so uh, we're doing a great job with that. But uh, we're very pleased with where we are right now and where we're heading. A couple of rapid-fire questions. First off, LeBron and what happened the other night. Just was, incredible. What did you think of the view of the photos with everybody with their phones, everybody having that moment, yeah. and his kids there? How did that affect you? Man, me being in the building and seeing that, because I'm old enough to remember when Kareem broke the record in 84. Uh, and and to, to see someone become the all-time leader in something. Um, I can just imagine um, um, what it was like. I mean, I guess when Hank Aaron broke Bay Ruth's record yeah. or Brad Barnes broke Hank Aaron's record or, or when someone, Tom Brady, did this or he's done so much, what hasn't he done? But to be in the building, and I've followed this man's career since he started dribbling in a, bas a basketball in the NBA. And so as a fan, it was an unbelievable feeling. But over the last five or six years, I've become kind of more of a fan. I've been like a friend. And so to be in there and to have the best seat in the house, wow, man, 
to feel the electricity in the building, um, the atmosphere, all the stars are out. It was it was un- incredible. It's did something you time I'll never that, forget. or did you think it was Thursday initially when you looked? I want to hear about your calendar, your I, workouts, putting I, your day together, knowing you were going to that game. Well, I was the I was the only one probably in the building that didn't think he was going to break it. Wow. Everybody, I'm walking into the building, and everybody's telling Unc, you know, he's going to break the record tonight. I'm like, guys, y'all think 36 points grow on trees? I said that's a lot of points, and you know, he had he wasn't on the torrid pace. That he was like from his birthday till about three weeks after his birthday, so he had kind of slowed down a little bit, and then for whatever reason, I mean, he got up to a luck. And then the first quarter he had eight points, then he had twelve, so he had twenty at the half, and then the next thing you know, he goes and gets sixteen in the third. And I'm like, whoa, he did it. Um, you know, I would have loved to, for them to have won the game. But I don't think anybody's going to remember the, who won the game. Everybody's going to remember that oh. LeBron broke the scoring record against OKC. And uh, that's what I'm going to remember. And I was remember when I tell my grandson that I was at the game that LeBron became the all-time leading scorer. And he asked me who won the game. I was like, son, I don't remember. Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Behind me, the Raider logo. Mm-hmm. Give me an Oakland Raiders story. We talked about your touchdown on the way to the Super Bowl, which – really broke the heart of the Raider Nation. What about experiences in and around Oakland coming in to oh, play man. them in the black hole? You know, look, I was in. we were in the same conference. I played with Denver for 12 years, and there's no love loss. Uh, and, 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 you know, it got personal with us for the simple fact that Mike Shanahan, my former coach at Denver, coached for the Raiders. And Al owed Mike money. And so once, you, you know, you're family. So we felt like Al owed us money. If you're not paying our head coach, you're not paying us. So we're going to take it out of your ass. We're going to beat you every time we see you until you give us our give us head coach his money. So uh, it was very, it was Raider week when we played them. There was no love lost. They didn't like us. We didn't like them. Um, and if we had to fight, we'd fight. We'd do whatever it took to win the ball game. But uh, it was a very fun matchup. It was very intense. And you had to be on your best behavior because they were trying to embarrass you, and we were damn sure trying to embarrass what them. What about in Baltimore with the Steelers compared to Denver to the Rams? Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, yeah. See, I think the thing is with Baltimore is that kind of, that kind of rivalry got uh, back in 2000 when we started. We shut them out opening day. And uh, – I said that might have been the worst Steelers team that I'd ever seen. And then Coach, and then coach Cower, being the coach that he is, he said, you tell Shannon Sharp to worry about his own team. And then uh, they come back and they beat us uh, in the regular season. And so it kind of started It kind of started from there. It's not as old because you got to realize the Raiders and the Broncos go back to the 60s. They started in the same division. Um, and the Steelers is only like a 20-year like rivalry. Right. But it's so heated. Because they play the same brand of football. Physical, hard-nosed, led by great defenses. We know the great defensive players throughout the Steeler history. We know the defensive players, although it's a, a small sample size. The Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reed, the Terrell Suggs. Uh, we know those guys. And so, yeah, it's a very similar rivalry, even though it's not as old. One more sports question before we get to prostate cancer and the awareness. Let's go back to the NBA with Durant now going to Phoenix. Yeah. Westbrook gone with the Lakers. Where do you stand in this as not only a sports commentator, a Hall of Famer, all of this entitlement, which I've always been a fan of, yeah. but the fact that it's getting kind of bizarre. We're talking five, six, seven teams now for great players. Not one or two. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do you feel about that? You know that? what? I, I would like to see it, but I want to see it both ways because these teams – see, teams trade players that always say, well, I'm doing what's in the best interest of the team. Well, the players have adopted the attitude that I'm a brand and I need to do what's in the best interest of my team, which is Team Durant or Team Kyrie or Team LeBron. So, you know, as much as I – we grew up in a situation, we saw Magic at the same time. Right. We saw Bird and we saw a lot of our historically great players stay with the same team until they really got old. We didn't see these guys move teams like they move now in their prime but that's that's where we are now that's where we are now free agency has changed everything and these guys these superstars have gotten so much power if something is not if they don't feel that this is the best situation for them um not only financially but for their brand they'll ask to be moved and they'll make it very uncomfortable for the owners and so that until they have no choice but to move them how come people don't talk about prostate cancer how come people are afraid to get a colonoscopy how come people are afraid to go to the doctor i'm in that age category yeah. i had one i'm going to get another one talk to me about that because that's kind of how men are men are afraid to go to do- afraid to go to the yeah. doctor and i don't i don't know why especially black men and we're two times more likely to develop prostate cancer we're there's a 68% chance if your father or you have a brother that has develop prostate cancer that you also develop it also but the thing is it's one of the most treatable forms of cancer if screened early mm-hmm. diagnosed early treated early there's a 96 percent survival rate i'm in the 96 percent so i started getting screened for cancer at 35 because my brother and two uncles died of cancer at very early ages wow, my dad didn't make that. it to the age of 40 to get screened so that raised my awareness knowing that my history uh, uh, with dealing with cancer. So I started getting screened early. And a lot of times, guys won't go to the doctor until they start to feel something. I didn't have any of the symptoms. I had no abdominal pains. I didn't urinate blood or anything like that. It was just a normal routine, physical, that I got and it came back positive. I had prostate cancer. But the doctor assured me that I had one of the most treatable forms. And because I had gotten screened earlier, there was a great chance that I was going to be just fine. Look at you now. You've never been more fit. You're happy. You feel like you have a lease on life. I have great. Six, uh, May will be six years I've been cancer-free. One last thing on your agent, Jamie Fritz, my yeah. good friend. Yes. It's nice to have someone to help and protect your brand. How yes. important is that to you? Your brand it was, is exploding. Well, I got uh, I had Jamie, got Jamie right out of college, and so uh, it's not very often that uh, a guy right out of college get to get someone because I had already established myself. I was a, had won three Super Bowls. I had gone to the Pro Bowls, and so I had accomplished a lot. But it was just something about Jamie um, that, I, that, I, that I, I, I liked what I saw in him. I saw how hard of a worker that he was. I'm a very hard worker. I don't tolerate laziness. Um, he's a go-getter, and that's what I wanted. And so uh, it's worked out well. Your circle's tight, huh? My circle's very tight. Very, very, very tight. So when someone says something, I know where it came from. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Great Thanks. to see you. I'll see you much more. Thank you, Shannon. No problem. Shannon Sharp, one. we appreciate him joining us as we are live from Radio Row, and I greatly appreciate him doing that. You know, when you get a guy like this who has the impact that he has, and again, what he said, uh, talk that talk. Have that conversation. If Shannon Sharp did not motivate you enough to go get tested for prostate cancer, especially if you're African-American, you got to find a way to go do that. That's a great storyteller telling you why that was so important to get tested. So we appreciate Shannon doing this. We are behind. We are going to catch up with everybody when we come back on the other side. Bobby, take us out. 702-365-9200. JT from Radio Row. Thanks to all of our proud partners, including Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had.
Back to JT the Brick, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. JT, back with you as we continue live from Radio Row. Mark Herzler, kind enough to join us, a former Giants Super Bowl champion and a nice connection to the Carr family. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks How for are me. you? First off, I want to get to this because it's an important topic, and I like to talk about it early and often when it comes to trafficking. Yeah. This is a passionate topic for a lot of our listeners. We're based in Vegas. Yeah. Tell us about your involvement. Yeah, so uh, about a year ago, I started working with uh, International Justice Mission, which is the largest anti-human trafficking and bonded labor slavery NGO in the world. And so uh, we have office, 29 offices in 17 different countries. And basically, it is the belief of our organization is that violence uh, is a key factor in perpetrating poverty. And so violence against the poor is a pandemic that we want to try to uh, curb. And human trafficking and bonded labor slavery are two key components of that. And so I started working with them uh, as uh, managing professional athlete partnerships. So we have about 50 or 60 pro athlete couples who have made this organization kind of their purpose, like the purpose behind their platforms. And so... You know, we'll do anything from you know events uh, to raise awareness um, to you know fundraising stuff. But then my favorite part is when we get to take these uh, these families to the field, and we're leading a trip to Ghana in June. Wow. With, we'll have six or seven families with us go out to Ghana and see some of the work firsthand. And in Ghana, the big one of the biggest things is they'll uh, they'll traffic uh, young boys uh, to this lake out in Ghana uh, where these young boys are, are kind of held as slaves on fishing boats and they'll go out and because because they can untangle the fishing nets better with their small fingers there's a premium for these boys and so international just justice mission will investigate they'll find these boys out on the lake they'll rescue them and then they have these aftercare programs for them too so I know. how do we not know about this it, and it's there right now and this this number blew my mind there's 50 million people in the world right now that are in slavery. Whether it, it's traffic slavery, whether it's bonded labor slavery, uh, whether it's forced marriage slavery, it's they're out there. And I think that's one of the cool things, being able to present that topic to these players and see them. You know, like when, when a player, like, you can tell, like, oh, like, this is my it. cause. They like, this it. becomes the thing. And seeing some of them, like Clayton Kershaw is one of our major partners, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I need to do something about this. And he went down a few years ago to Dominican Republic and met with the president of the Dominican Republic to speak on this issue. Just real, It's just fantastic stuff. And we got a lot, you know, a lot of people do a lot, of, a lot of really good work. And you mentioned the Carr family. You know, Derek and Dave, they're, they're involved uh, with us, too, and they're big supporters. Mark Herzlick is our guest, and we're talking about Team Freedom director and a former NFL player. Join Team Freedom. We'll give you all the information on the website at RaiderNation.com. Let's get to Derek. Yeah. So Derek's out. It was kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. There's nine years with this organization, and he played really well, but he didn't win a playoff game. Yep. You know his brother, David, really well. So what do you think is going to happen? What would you suggest would be the good fit? I've said NFC South because all those teams won him. But what do you think Derek has in front of him going forward? Yeah, no, it's a, if, I think, first of all, it's a, it's a good point of, like, changing the narrative to thinking about like okay what's going to be the best spot for for Derek I think a lot of people are approaching it like okay like what teams need Derek uh, and I think what 
one of the things that um, you know, just you mentioned being very close with Dave, uh, his brother. We played together, and you know, mm-hmm. we were in New York for for a bunch of years together. And I think that Derek is a guy who like a hundred percent buys in to the organization, and like I, th- I think that regardless of how fans feel about the success of the Raiders or like living up to the potential. Like he was a guy, like he was like, I'm a Raider. You know, right. he's, I'm going to die a Raider. Absolutely. And then, you know, Dave had, you know, kind of made a really kind of powerful speech about his brother on TV talking about like, look, he wanted to give everything. And then, you know, now he's been let go. So I think Dave is going to want, I mean, uh, Derek's going to want to go to a place where he can really invest himself in it again. You know, I think mm-hmm. that he'll, he'll probably bleed, you know, black and silver his whole life because right. it's been a part of it. But now he's going to have another team where he can go and really invest into the culture. Uh, I mean, you you talk to the teammates that he's had. He is one of the most subtle culture builders that you can find. Where you he goes in, he mm-hmm. does things the right way in an organization. He leads people because of his humility in that fact. And so he, he might not be like... I'm going to come in and change everything. He's not going to state right. that. Of course. But his presence, it'll have that effect. Mark Herzlick joins us. You won a Super Bowl for the Giants. I was there for that. And you were best comeback athlete at the ESPYs. Yep. You've had a really unique career. Tell our listeners what it's like at a victory parade in New York City <laughs> and Canyon Heroes compared to Boston's got the duck boats and yep. Detroit, they're outside. And everybody has a great victory parade. They should. The Lakers, we see yep. on Figueroa. But I've been there for the Yankees. Yeah. I wasn't there for the Giants. What is that like? Well, first of all, it there's nothing that can prepare you for it. I mean, the confetti that is used in New York City for the Canyon Heroes, they're just like reams of office supply paper right. that they're throwing out of like 30 <laughs> stories above. And so you're getting full 8 by 11 sheets of paper floating down looking like confetti because it's that massive. And... You know, the sea of, of blue that was out on the streets just closed down everything. And so, like, that's what you see when you're there and you're going through it. But then when you think about when they have parades for Canyon Heroes, like, you, we talked about earlier, like, astronauts, like, presidents. presidents. Like, and yeah. then the New York sports teams. And so, like, so it was so cool to be able Incredible. to be a part of that. And, like, and they'll bring... They have floats for the players, and then they have floats for the families. And so my dad, he grew up a Giants fan. He was from West Hartford, Connecticut. And to, like, me. You had your dad on a float? Yeah. So, like, to see my dad. How cool was like, that? Like, do that. Like, I was like, oh, that's, it was so cool. Good. Hey, Mark, tell us about the website and how we can help out along the yeah, way. Yeah, IJM.org slash learn. Um, you can learn more about the work that IJM does. They have really good videos on some of the survivor stories. Uh, and that's what I, one thing I love about the organization is they empower survivors of this abuse to speak up, and they're involved in legislation change. They're, allowed, they're uh, involved in some, a lot of the reform, and they are really the leaders in terms of determining where and what needs to happen. So a lot of their stories are on that site. Congrats for your success. Thanks they, for coming by thank and you, doing appreciate this. It. Really appreciate it. Mark Herzler, kind enough to join us as he won a Super Bowl for the Giants, and he's doing some great things out there. We can get that off of you and keep you moving because I know you've got a lot of interviews to go. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you very much. And uh, that was a late arrival coming in here, and he wanted to talk about this trafficking issue, and I'm happy he spent some time with us. we got Ron Jaworski at the top of the hour. We're excited about that. Brian Baldinger 
And Bobby, tell us if we have enough time to get that here or should I wait for next hour? That was an interview that I want everybody to hear. It had a lot of Raiders content on that. We'll get to that also along with some of our other guests that we have coming up here in the second hour of the show if you want to get through. So we are, we are right here on Radio Row. And we're excited to be here. I'm here for another hour. Tomorrow, Harry Ruiz takes over for me, and Harry will bring it the rest of the way home, and it's going to be really good. But first, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, the Super Bowl. Lee, thanks for being patient. You know how Radio Row could get. It could get a little overwhelming here. I'm so thrilled to talk to you, my brother. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I know what it's like. Uh, yeah. It's hectic. I've been there many times there with you, so... Uh... Just embrace it, enjoy it, and uh, let's hope for a great game. Yeah, let's talk about the props and what you do, and we'll get to the game last and how everybody can get it at ParamountSports.com. But you're a sharp, and I talked to a couple of the sports book directors. You know we have Jeff Sherman on, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate, and he says the sharps come in like you on the props. You see something yep. quick, and you pound the daylights out of it. Give us a couple of props that you really like. So a couple player props. You don't want to play 20, 30 prop plays. I had a friend one time played 53. It took him an hour and a half to grade all those plays afterwards. He went 25 and 28 and lost a lot of money because of all the juice, minus 125, minus 130, minus 150. Uh, I found four prop plays, big advantage here. Kenneth Gainwell, they put this guy in a lot of times on third down, and they don't pull him out after he might catch a ball uh, or run for a first down. They'll keep him in three or four plays afterwards. They have his total for the rushing yards, 19-and-a-half. I projected it at 36-37. to 37. We're going to go over 19-and-a-half rushing yards for Kenneth Gainwell. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, over 40 receiving yards. I think that's a strong play here. Here's a guy that went out, conference championship game with an injury. Uh, I'm hearing that he's healthy again. I think he's going to be a big part of the game plan. Over 40 receiving yards. Will Travis Kelsey score a touchdown? Sometime during the game, I say absolutely. Here's a guy that uh, is going to catch six, eight, ten balls in every game, and uh, I think one will at least be a touchdown here. And then another one, A.J. Brown, plus 25 receiving yards in both halves. So uh, wide receiver number ones that have faced the Kansas City Chiefs have averaged 71.5 yards uh, and mm-hmm. gone over that total. Uh, 12 of 19 games here. I, I think he's Terrell Owens 2.0 with Kansas City's 23rd rated pass defense. We'll go A.J. Brown over 25 receiving yards in each half. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Please go to ParamountSports.com. Lee joined us the entire season and gave us an unbelievable winning season, all documented, all transparent at ParamountSports.com. Lee, as much as you want to give us on the game, I got Philly 28-24. I think it's going to be physical. I'm assuming Hertz isn't going to turn the ball over because he didn't in the regular season. That could all change in the Super Bowl. And I know this Philadelphia defense is so physical but the Niners were two. I'm wondering what Mahomes is going to go up against with the front of Philadelphia. Your thoughts on the game? All right. So uh, I, I, I love Andy Reid off the pie. I've been playing that trend for a long time. 28 and four. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But both Super Bowls did not play well. Only one of the eight quarters did he play up, up to expectations. I, I think this offensive line is crazy good. I think Kelsey at center. Might be the best center since maybe Dwight Stevenson uh, in the 80s. He's that good. So uh, let's, uh, 
let's play Philly. I think that defensive line and the depth there is crazy good. Unless Philadelphia turns the ball over three or more times, I think Philadelphia is the right side. And let me give you a fun prop here, okay. uh, JT. So, as you know, my daughter sings the national anthem, sang for the Orange Bowl. She's hit eight straight overs and unders in the Super Bowl. And she was studying Chris Stapleton. He's not saying a national anthem for a sporting event uh, we can find anywhere. 44 years old, incredible voice, but she said the, his phrasing has actually gotten shorter. He'll hold notes longer, mm. but his phrasing leading up to holding the notes has gotten shorter over the years. She said even the air quality being drier in Arizona. And she said generally when people sing it for the first time on the big stage, go a little bit quicker than they normally would go uh, if they were singing a concert. Uh, Adina Menzel is kind of the gold standard since Whitney Houston. Houston. She sang it in two minutes and four seconds. We're going under. It started at a minute and 59 and a half. It's up to two minutes and six seconds. My daughter, for the ninth straight win, is going under two minutes and six seconds on the national anthem. ParamountSports.com. Lee, tell everybody where they can find you before the Super Bowl. Uh, ParamountSports.com. Basketball, nine straight winning days. UFC card on Saturday night may be the most viewed UFC card ever in the history of the UFC. Seven selections, $47, including a rare 40 to 50 unit best bet, our top selections, which we hand out maybe only two or three times a year. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Good luck, Lee. I'll talk to you when I get back. Appreciate you. Thanks, JT. At least Sterling, ParamountSports.com. When we come back, Ron Jaworski at the top of the hour. Brian Baldinger is going to join us. He's always a fantastic guest. We'll have him locked in. Emmanuel Sanders is going to check in. And my good friend Mike Golick will all be a part of tonight at Gridiron Greats as they raise awareness for Hall of Famers and football players, former ones, in distress with medical needs. One hour down, one more to go, live from Radio Row in Phoenix. 